Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. Here we go. Welcome back. Another episode of Conversations. I'm here, Vin, with Z, and we got special guest David, a martial arts expert, and we're ready to have a conversation about critical thinking. This is a continuation in some ways of our previous two discussions. We've been talking a lot about the insanity that we've seen in society over the last few weeks. We talked about the madness of crowds, the pathology of pandemics, and the overwhelming response of the world to the coronavirus crisis. I use the word crisis in a bit of a loose sense. I think part of this is an issue that we have turned into a crisis because of our reaction to it. And as we have discussed, the data does not support the response, at least in our view. We don't own the truth. We're open to other ideas. But for the people sitting around this room, we feel like the response has been overwhelming to a threat that has not been borne out by the numbers that we've seen. And beyond that, the cost of the threat is severe. Or sorry, the cost of the response is severe. So one, the threat doesn't seem that uh, significant, but we're creating a crisis because we're shutting down society. We shut down schools, we shut down businesses, we're overloading the internet because everyone is working from home. Basic infrastructure, garbage pickup, police, all this is at risk the longer that this shutdown goes on. And the question is, what is the cost of all of this? There are two questions in my mind that people haven't really answered. One is, what is the extent of the threat? And two is, are the responses that we're taking proportional to the threat? And can we bear that cost? Because if the threat isn't that significant, or even if it is, but we address the threat by shutting down society, we could argue maybe we should act a little bit differently. So as we've been debating this issue, a lot of it comes down to today's topic, which is critical thinking. How do we make sense of the world around us? No one owns the truth. The world is incredibly complex. There's conflicting data, conflicting opinions. But we need the ability to sift through the data, the information, and discern what is real, what poses an actual danger, and how we should respond. And what we end up seeing, a lot of this is illustrated through the coronavirus pandemic, but we see this beyond coronavirus, is that her behavior masquerades as critical thinking. We're in a society that prides itself on analytics. And we think that if we get a lot of data, if we spend a lot of time talking to other people or looking on the internet, and we get different facts about what's happening, so we know that there's an X percentage infection rate, there's a Y percentage death rate, there are a certain number of hospital beds. We can determine whether this is a crisis or not, run a few calculations, and that's critical thinking. And we keep on going through the same calculations in our mind, we keep on looking at the same data. But that loop of thinking by itself does not suffice. And in some ways we're fooling ourselves because we've turned critical thinking into purely a mental game divorced from the outside world. So we're running all this analysis in our mind, but there's no gut check. There's no connection between that thinking and what's actually happening in reality. So critical thinking is a step beyond analysis. Analysis is certainly a component, but we have to have situational awareness 
and we have to be able to link that analysis to our observations. Like any good scientist, we've got a hypothesis, we gather information, then we proceed, we act, and we refine. That's a skill that, frankly, we've lost because we're in this world where there is a lot of hurting behavior, there's a lot of the bandwagon effect, and even if you do have misgivings, even if you do have ideas that differ from the crowd, the pressure to conform becomes overwhelming. And David, you and I were talking about this earlier. We talked about the response to the pandemic. We have some countries like the UK who came out and said, you know what, we don't think this is such a big deal. We're not gonna cancel big gatherings. We're not going to disrupt everyday life. And the response to their response was, are you fucking insane? You're putting us all at risk. You're gonna kill an entire population. How dare you? So even people who go in with good intentions are modified by what's going on around them, and ultimately, they capitulate. Uh, so it becomes a very important issue, uh, because if we want to navigate this world, go about our life, get good outcomes for ourselves, we need to understand what the environment is like, how our decisions are likely to impact that environment, and whether the decisions we make are going to benefit us or not. I mean, that ultimately, in my mind, is what critical thinking is. Can we take information? Can we discern? Can we make decisions that lead to productive action? So if we take that Z as a framing of critical thinking, walk us through, why are we falling short? Where's the gap between where we are today in society and ideally how we should think about thinking? Well, Ben, you guys um, from Dylan with me know that I tend to go existential. But I love being grounded in clear definitions. If, if everyone would look up critical thinking and see what is the common idea, what, what is that? What is the common definition? The objective analysis and evaluation of an issue in order to form judgment. The key critical thinking skills are analysis, interpretation, inference, explanation, self-regulation, open-mindedness, and problem-solving. There's the problem right there. We've done none of that. We've run on rumor, innuendo, ignorance, and zero self-examination, and closed-mindedness. So, I want people to go back to the actual definition of critical thinking. And again, add that, that ingredient of dispassion. Ask yourself, have you really done this? Have you really done this? I was sitting with my wife one day at the beginning of this apocalypse, chaos. And she was a pandemic specialist for over a decade with the CDC. And she just casually said while she was tending to the babies and making cookies with the kids on the floor, the numbers don't add up. She's a critical thinker. That was her job. She said the numbers don't add up. And all the news feeds were coming in and different experts and specialists and 
internet influencers were all on a panel together. They had scientists, experts from various fields of study, and internet influencers all offering opinion on what should be done. And then a government official who was taking advisement from all of them. I think one of them even said the other day that they wanted to get the Kardashians involved. This is true. Oh, come on. No, this is actually true. Uh, some Kylie somebody. Uh, was <laughs> oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah, Kylie Jenner. I don't make this shit up, yeah. man. I don't yeah. make this shit up. Yeah. Well, she was supposed to tell people to stay inside. She was yeah. supposed to be part of the. That's not the, the point. Right. We've thrown critical thinking out the window. They had experts in different fields of study. They had comedians, people of theater, and internet influencers making decisions on public policy. So where does that leave you and I in this apocalypse? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> right. We're, we're on a boat. When, uh, we're on a we're on a rudderless boat. Uh, yeah, we're on a freight train going off a fucking cliff. Right. And if we if we follow that. What yeah. I'm well, saying, it, not even if we follow that. I mean, society is shutting down. <laughs> so we gotta take care of ourselves. Exactly. We're on our own. We're on our own. The SOS is out. Save our soul. Right. And I'm not saying that in a way of dread and, and, and all that, and, and to go out and be uh, completely uh, reacting to this and that. Hunker down in place. They used to say that when we were in the military when nobody could come and get you. When you were in a bad situation and your resources were minimal and support was far away and they couldn't give you a time when you would be relieved. They would say, hunker down in place. Use your training. Use everything you've learned and survive the night. If you can get away from where you are, survive, escape, evade. It's called sea training. Survive, escape, evade. Everybody needs sea training right now, and if they've had sea training, they need to use it now. Because critical thinking has been thrown away, I'm not sure, I'm going to ask you guys, I don't know what it's been replaced with, but I've just seen it become bizarre on top of bizarre. I have had people that I thought were reasonable thinking people completely go apeshit. And I would ask them, what has changed in your life? Nothing really. And I've got a negative response because I told people, it's actually kind of cool that there's not that much traffic. Yeah, you don't have to go to work. You can hang out with your family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and you know, I've had some online things I'm doing and we've been working on my Dharma media and that's that's been a plus, right, Caitlin? I think it's... We're going to be huge next week. It's, it's, the, yeah. it's a silver lining, right? Yeah. <clears throat> silver <throat> lining? Shit, it's a platinum. Right. Yeah. All, all black all American people in LA are like, car. well, you know, the bright side, I don't have to weed in traffic. Everybody says it, right? It's truth. That's the bright side of it. 
And that's our truth. That's our hard reality. And I think the people who have lived on the, uh, the tit of anxiety for a long time, who've been nursing on that, uh, on that stream, it's just getting worse for them because everything is in limbo. You're waiting for the uh, internet influencers and politicians to decide your next move. So, go ahead. Is, is it is it the Japanese or the Chinese character that is that is um, uh, that crisis and opportunity are the same character? Yeah, I think it's success and failure one and the same. Right. So it's it, it, you can look at it how you want. If you really think about and dwell on um, on death, death, death. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. It'll happen. And if you take this opportunity to enrich your time with your family, with your children, with you know improving yourself on on that that expedition uh, but it's a it's a choice well what's happened is that they've thrown a wrench <clears throat> in the bearing of the rat wheel so for a period of time the rat wheel is no longer turning the way it was turning so for a few days a few weeks a few months we don't know the rat wheel doesn't work how dreadful is that yeah you gotta sit with yourself how horrible yeah. is that what are you gonna do it's truly a nightmare Especially, scenario. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you hate yourself, it's a big problem. But let's step back from this. I want to get back to the critical thinking discussion. Help me understand how you think about this. Because I'll tell you what the argument is about why we should be scared, and you tell me what the issue is with this argument. So you talk to, you listen to Dr. Fauci, or you look at some of the articles that are penned in the major newspapers, and it comes down to simple math. So the math is the mortality rate of this disease is about 1%, 10 times higher than the flu. It's more infectious than the flu. So even if it's only targeting the weak and the elderly, that's still a lot of people. So if we do nothing, you get upwards of a million people dying. That's a catastrophe. And most people, I think, look at that and they say, okay, I can follow that math, A to B to C. That equation makes sense. Even if I don't panic for myself, I've got a responsibility to society to, present, to prevent this health crisis. And I think one Italian doctor referred to it as do the world a favor, <coughs> stay at home, do not be responsible for exterminating the elderly. So almost in genocidal terms, he was talking about this. What is the flaw in that argument? Well, we're talking about critical thinking, so I'm going to go, always go back to that, and I'm going to hammer that point home, and I have it, the definition open right now. I keep looking at the definition. Analysis, interpretation, inference, explanation, self-regulation, open-mindedness, and problem-solving. Objective analysis and evaluation of an issue in order to form judgment. So, what is the issue first? Can we have a clearly state the issue? Is it the Kofifi thing? The Kofifi? Is it death? Is death the issue that we're concerned with? Is it death? issue is two million people die, so big loss of life, and also that overloads the hospital system. Okay, an objective analysis of what you just said. How much of an overload is it to the medical system to handle dead bodies? 
Is that what they do? Does the first aid handle dead bodies? No. Mortuary services handle it. Just, just going by critical thinking. Hmm. Have we ever had events in modern history where millions of people died in short periods of time? Period. Just died. Did we? Um, Gulf War. How many millions of Iraqis died in a very short period of time? So the bombs dropped by the U.S. were like the Kofifi, right? That really killed and maimed. How did they handle it? How did other countries handle it? Business as usual. So all I'm saying is that's... Well, there was no business as usual in Iraq. It was a fucking war zone. But for everyone else, it's business as usual. Yeah, but we don't care about those people. Yeah. So, hey, there's a good point. Critical thinking. Who do we care about? Our families. Do we really care about a group of people in Wyoming? No, we don't. Let's stop lying to ourselves. And the lie is creating anxiety. You know what? With the traffic slowed down, the air is clean. Is that a good thing that the air is clean? Is the air clean because of the Kofifi or whatever? Do you understand what I'm getting at? It's like, let's be really clear on what the problem is. Hmm. We're not clear on what the problem is. Right. As critical thinkers, what is the problem? So once we can figure out what the problem is, we can do an objective analysis of that problem and then begin problem solving. All right, so if we really break it down, <laughs> if we really break it down, we got people who are old, we got people with impaired immune systems who are generally in bad How health. many old people do you know that you're worried about? I don't know many. Just honestly. None. Do you? Okay, so that's not your problem. No. Can we just quarantine old people? No, no, David, we don't have to go that far. Right. What I'm saying, this, this talk is about critical thinking. And I'm, I'm trying to talk to the average person, the single one of us that's worked up over it. So we can get to what is the real problem. What is the real problem right now and what is the problem we're going to face in the immediate future that will have an adverse effect on our life? So for those of you who will fear the death of your elderly people, we know that sentiment is the issue. We don't want our 99-year-old grandparent to die. We never want him to die. Okay, let's, let's move that aside and just accept that we can't do much about that. Hmm. Let's, now, let's get to the problem. Yeah. We haven't got to the problem yet. You see what's going There's no fucking problem. I just want to hear what the okay. problem is. <laughs> All right, so 99-year-old grandmother, fine. Let's put that aside. Let's say we got a bunch of people with diabetes who are... How many people do you know who are diabetic? (laughs) And how did they get diabetic? I know a couple. Okay, and you're concerned about their well-being. I'm not, but I'm also not representative. You are. I'm a psychopath. We, I've been hanging out with you for too long. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying if you take the, us, we're no, not honestly, a good representation. What I'm trying, the, the, exercise I'm, the, the exercise I'm doing 
is this is critical thinking. Our topic is critical An objective analysis of a problem. You see the problem with this? What if what if there were a coronavirus that only killed Native American people and Caitlin's part Native American? Should we get that was called it? polo polio? That was called smallpox. smallpox. That yeah. was called smallpox. We've already been through that. It benefited one group, not so much another group that nobody gives a shit about. <laughs> and we're all laughing now because we should have done that ban that hundreds of years ago. Over mindful of the past, <laughs> <laughs> but we can learn if we are critical thinkers about what happened to Caitlin's folks. We can learn something. That is part of being a critical thinker, is that you took and you did an objective analysis. But the problem is right here then, is we're stuck. <clears throat> because in order to deal with something, in it, can we identify the problem? We haven't identified the problem. Yeah, I don't think we can. We've 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 uh, we've almost tailored a, uh, a current ge generation. We're all part of the generation for twenty years to not do things that build critical thinking skills. That's what we're talking about, Dave. All shop classes gone. All home ec classes gone. No one knows how to change a tire. People can't right? do a jigsaw puzzle. I mean, if you can't change a tire, why do you exist in the world? Like you shouldn't live, really. No, that's not a difficult process. David, I get what you're saying, but I want to stay on track. I yes, really sir. want to stay on track for those of us who listen, who, who hang out on our podcast, so that we can remedy rem suffering from anxiety. Not in my house, everybody's having a great time. But for a lot of people that I work with, I've encountered, I've had people normally very nice, social actually very upset, uh, angered, but they don't know where to vent their anger. There's panic, um, people walking around in all sorts of hazmat suits, uh, they're wearing condoms and they're not about to have sex. They have gloves on. Vin came in with gloves and he needs to report back to his mom that, you know, whether I was diseased or pus running out of my orifices. I mean, this is, you, you see what, what's happened? But there's no problem. You, you see, so critical thinking doesn't exist and critical thinking can be a remedy. But we, we, let's try to help ourselves and then others develop tools of critical thinking so it will remedy some of the stress that's actually breaking down your immune system and making you more vulnerable to the COVID-fee. Okay? Yeah, well, I, if I had to characterize a real problem, I think you know, politicians <laughs> want, are supported by people who are vulnerable, by old people, and they want those votes. And they can't send out a message that says, we don't care about you. So that's part of it. The people who are making decisions have an incentive to turn this into a crisis and an opportunity to show how much we collectively care about the sick and the elderly in our society. So listening to you, there is no problem. Yeah, well, the problem is no one's standing up and having the discussion that we are. I shouldn't say no one. I've heard a couple of these discussions. But then they kind of disappear. No one addresses the issues we're talking about. I mean, the point you just brought up, why can't the people who are most at risk quarantine themselves if it's a small segment of the population? No one's provided an answer to that. Instead, it's all reactive. That, to me, is the worst part about this. So, because when you're talking about Z, 
I would say is a little more sophisticated. I think it's important. But being able to identify the problem, that requires several questions. The, the logic, you have to go through things a little bit systematically. When I look at our response to this, the response is occurring without any thought. It's all copycat behavior. It's like, I see that China locked down people. So now I've got to lock down the population. We said this on the last podcast, that San Francisco was shutting things down. L.A. followed suit. Then San Francisco said, let's shut down things even more and put shelter in place in place. Then L.A. does the same thing. Is anyone saying, does this make any sense? What is the actual cost and benefit of this? What is the eventual outcome? What happens if we shut down society for six months, for 12 months? What happens the next time we have a flu season and we don't have immunity to this? I mean, are we going to do this every year? There's no thought around any of that. So I think what you're talking about is very important, but I feel like we're several steps behind that. I mean, we're at a point where it's just panic and it's herd behavior. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's fueled by the anxiety that's, that already exists and we're at the tipping point, as you put it. But I almost feel like before we even get to critical thinking, how do we get rid of that anxiety? Because if we're crushed by anxiety, if we're in this panic mode, this herd behavior mode, we can't even engage the right faculties. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I guess we're stuck today of all the podcasts we've ever done. This is very challenging because if we are going to frame this topic of critical thinking, why do we need critical thinking? It goes back to our mantra with the Passion Observer, with our whole Dharma media, is how do we mitigate human suffering? And of course, anxiety is one of the greatest diseases we're facing. We've talked about that over and over and over. It affects every layer of the being. It affects the gross immune system. It affects your mental health, your social well-being, your ability to identify and even recover light, your own life condition um, because your uh, the anxiety, it, 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 it's like a mist that saturates every layer of who you are. And until you can flush away that mist, oxygenate your space, you can't see clear. I'm trying to speak to people who have a little bit of handle on it. And they are finding themselves being drawn into the abyss. And so the tools and of critical thinking are very essential right now because you're alone. You're, you're really on a desert island right now when it comes to reason, logic, intelligence. You're literally uh, part of the crew of the SS Minnow. Okay? You're on Gilligan's fucking island right now. And no one is coming to help you because there is a sea surrounding you of people that lack critical thinking skills. And us sitting in the room, people of reasonable intelligence, we don't even know what the fucking problem is, and we're trying to talk about the problem. We don't even know what the fuck it is. So imagine people who are feral and have just part of uh, the, the lumpkin mass that just succumbs to whatever whim and wave, who are just trying to get along for the people who just want to fit in. They just do what they're told. They've been abandoned. And then they've told them that the COVID is after them. They're running from the COVID, and they don't know what it is. Infrastructure shutting down, and people are not seeing 
the omens on the horizon. If you were to extrapolate the behavior of today, week by week, then you'd have something to really be anxious about. Something as simple as such shutting down sanitation in major metropolitan areas would cause problems that would take months, if not years, to rectify. Shutting down normal commerce, common commerce, it will take years to redress. And one of the challenges, whenever you want to fix something, whenever you want to reverse engineer a problem, <clears throat> whenever you want to find the black box of the plane wreck, you can always move forward. But here's what makes this unique. There will be no black box because nobody's able to identify the fucking problem. We don't even know what it is. People just were in the airplane they opened the door and jumped off the plane. We can't fix that. You understand? Mm. We can't fix Chicken Little. People are running into the ocean, and we don't know why. Mass hysteria. How do you fix it? How do you stop the lemmings from running off the cliff? We don't even know why they started running. And I'm saying I would challenge us and our audience right now in this critical thinking work, and we're going to talk a little bit more about developing tools of critical thinking. But first thing is objective analysis of a situation. There's no situation to analyze. So please help me. I, I, I'm sincere. Uh, Caitlin, Vin, David, help us. Let's help us. And Vin, I get what you're saying. You sound way ahead, but I'm saying we can't even move. We're stuck in the mud mm -hmm. because we're not stuck. Um, I was going to say that 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 um, we're in a place where we think that that. So we don't know the problem, right? And we're trying to figure out why we don't know the problem. And uh, I think to the place where we should be at is, is individually, as individuals, whoever wants to take care of themselves, should forget that the fact that there is a problem and just put that on the back burner and build your own personal critical thinking skills. If we ever do get out of this, at least you'll have a tool that can help you in the future. But just don't sit there and dwell on what you don't know or what you do think you know or what Caitlin or whatever Jenner is telling people that they should know. Build your tool shed. I, I like what you're saying, David, because it represents uh, something we did in the military. You know, it's a survive, escape, evade. Um, and I guess the challenge is, it's the boogeyman. We're we're we're, we're running from it, and, and, and it's each other. Um, we're drawn into something. And even as you're talking, like forget what the problem is. We can't forget the problem because there is no problem. It's like a bad math equation. <laughs> It's like an extraordinary physics equation. I'm going to have to go home and just really set up a whiteboard and work on the special uh, theory of relativity tonight. So those of us who are working on critical thinking, let's really identify how is it affecting us, or not even us, but you as an individual. And then from there you can come up with 
and, and a, an, an objective analysis and see how do you prepare the barricade around you to allow you to move smoothly through the random chaos that you'll encounter. So that's what I'm starting to think. Even as I'm talking, I'm looking at my critical thinking skills. Oh, okay. So what I have to do is create a module, uh, some sort of tool around me. Because it's the zombie apocalypse now. Everybody has gone apeshit. And I'm trying to keep my sanity. And as I'm moving my vehicle through the, through the masses of zombies, it's like in the zombie movie, right? Then you see an old friend. Hey, there's Vin. Has he been bitten? I don't know. And then you do something to figure out if he's been bitten, whether you're going to let him in the car or not, right? Because you know you can get to a certain place and, and there's fresh air and the zombies don't go there for some reason. But as you're going, there's different people that look like people you know. And there's them brains, brains. You know, it's like, okay, are you okay? Are you infected too? So we have to discern who's infected around us. So maybe the real critical thinking tool is sorting out sane and insane. Yeah, I think that's a useful survival skill. And how do you banish the degrees of insanity around? Because maybe it'll flush out, but you can't throw your body. You can't just behead your, 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 your family. You can't shoot them in the head like you do in the zombie movies. You have to figure out some sort of way to keep them corralled, entertained, hmm. for a period of time until... This thing is settled down. Is that right? I mean, I, I, yeah. So let's talk about that objective analysis for a second, because we talk a lot about discernment, and some of the other topics we've addressed in the past have to do with the different parts of the brain, and how we end up living a lot of our life just in our mind, and we ignore all the sensory input mm -hmm. that we get. Mm -hmm. And that sensory input is critical because we have to understand what the situation actually is, whether there is a danger. If there is a danger, what is that danger? And that seems to be something that people have lost, and maybe it's because we've gone online so much, and so much of life happens in front of the screen sure, in this sure. virtual reality. So you, you lose, yeah, you lose the ability to connect to your physical environment. Talk a bit about that. How important is that, and how do we get that back? Well, you're on it, Vin. I mean, you you said everything, and, and all I can do is um, second the motion, so to say is over the years, the last decade, we have lost that, the last few decades, we have lost that visceral loop. Even the idea of what is objective and what is subjective. You know, objective are things that, that are tangible, that you can weigh, touch, that are temporal. Subjective is your assessment of that, which can be a myriad of things. A rock is objective. What that rock represents to you is subjective. It could be part of your altar, it could be a, an imagined meteor from space. It could go in your fountain to change the acoustics of your fountain so it's part of a decorative thing. That's subjective. Objectively, it's a fucking rock. All right? So uh, you stick your hand in the fire. Objectively, the fire is hot. Subjectively, it could be part of your religious rituals of self-flagellation that brings you closer to your God. Right? Mm. So we need to really know we, we, it really benefits us to know the difference between subjective and objective. Because to critical think, you have to do an objective analysis of a situation. That means you take stock of what is here in front of me, what is going on. Has the building collapsed or is it habitable? So we inspect it. 
We test it. We see it. Then we make a decision based on that. And in that, we have our inferences, which are subject to what it represents to me. Right? As we move forward, having that tool of objectivity, which requires a certain amount of introspection to separate yourself from the sentiments of the ego, what you want something to be like, what you're imagining it's going to be like. No, here's what it is. Right now, based on human history, known human history, there are always problems living on earth. As I've said before, why gratitude, devotion are such important features to adapt to your personality is that if you understand the objective physics of life on earth, the ebb and flow of seasons, the nature of species evolution from bacteriological micro, or microbiology all the way up to the macro world, Right now as we sit, you will hear me say this over and over, as the earth is spinning at 1,033 and a third mile an hour right now, the earth is spinning faster than the speed of sound. At a perfect angle to a nuclear reactor called the sun that spins, creates gravity, turns water into air so we can breathe at a certain altitude between sea level and approximately 20,000 feet, 18,000 feet, we can breathe that water-like substance as a gas. <clears throat> we are living in a fragile balance, being exposed to hellacious levels of radiation at all time that gives us about 100 years of life if we do everything right and there is no intervention of fate. Those who don't live on the equator of the earth are subject to seasonal climactic changes that promote disease, pollen movement, and so forth that becomes hazardous to the human respiratory system. And one more thing for the immune system to battle and fight. The immune system is our armor that is being imposed upon by all manner of objective and subjective things, meaning stress, anxiety, will beat your immune system down as hard as the kofifi or being attacked by a rabbit dog. It has the same effect on your immune system. Your immune system is like what you would, whatever financial model, you have a certain bank account that you draw from and you want to slow the draining of that bank account, whatever you terms you would use it, finance, and you want to reinforce it as much as you can with one of those bonds, maybe it's savings bonds or some shit like that. So you have an account in your immune system and you don't want that account to be depleted below a certain threshold because seasonal, seasonal flus, viruses, colds of all kind requires about 20% of your immune system if you live away from the equator because that's the habitable zone of our Earth, is the equator. That's our high habitable zone. We've moved away from the equator. So we put ourselves in natural hazards. 
So we have to do extraordinary things to invest in the account of the immune system. All of this that's going on is natural. Even the unnatural things are natural. Population density, even with modern sanitation, is unhealthy because you're being hit with various types of immune assault pathogens coming from many different sources. International and transcontinental flight is affordable and normal. So you're moving bacterias and viruses around anyway at a higher rate than the immune system can adapt to it. You don't move around so you're not healthy. So your immune system is compromised because you lack good health. You lack muscle tone, which is the front line of the gross defense mechanism, is your muscle tone. If you lack muscle tone, you are more susceptible to pathogen and pathogenic assault. If you don't walk, run, or jog, your lung function, the diaphragmic function of your lung, are depleted. So you cannot purge carbon dioxide, which takes with it what? Pathogenic residue. So you're sitting in an office, sitting on your ass in front of your screen all day, sitting on this ball, spinning faster than the speed of sound in an insignificant parsec of space. And the fragile balance between life and death is just a sheer whim of the divine that we're even able to be here. And you're worried about fucking Kofifi. That's some heavy shit. That is poetic. I mean, I'm just sitting here listening, and uh, I feel like I've been absorbed in what you're saying. I'm kind of sidetracked from the conversation around critical thinking. This whole point about gratitude is critical, a different kind of critical, different than critical thinking. In my life, gratitude is something that's very restorative. Thinking about death, thinking about what we have, the time that we have, being grateful for everything. In fact, you said it to me once, I asked you, what are we supposed to do if you lose someone you love? And your answer was, be grateful for whatever time you had with that person. And that calms you down and brings you a certain amount of peace. Maybe that's a starting point. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. Maybe that's a way to get us out of the anxiety and the fear and the constant spinning of the mind, which interfere with the critical thinking. So something to remember to just ground ourselves almost as a precondition for getting into critical thinking, being able to assess our environment, make intelligent decisions. We need some appreciation of reality, some gratitude for what is. And that is critical thinking. When you look at societies that have highly evolved intellect, the Japanese and things like that, that I have a friend, Mayumi, and she went through the Fukushima event with her family. Devastating. They were told to leave, everybody young and able leave, and they refused to leave. They were terrified, but they refused to leave their parents. The gratitude. And you know what? They survived. They made it. 
She's okay now. But those were horrific days. I have been through war. Genocidal war. And we're here laughing, talking. Most of us in this room are either immigrants or children of immigrants that in 1947 your parents didn't know if they would live or die through the night if they were born there or their parents through partition through social purges mass extermination that is not matched today by Kofifi at all how soon we forget the fragile balance of life. No gratitude. See, this epidemic of ignorance and this abandonment of critical thinking can be, again, your point. Is there no fucking gratitude? I look at my children every night and check to see if they're alive and they're breathing. You do it too as a parent. That little haunting, that little nightmare will my kids die. And that'll make you put up with all the shit they take you through. All the frustration and their yelling and screaming. And when you see them resting at peace and awake in the morning, you say, my God, my kids made it. You, you're scared to even talk to people who have sick children. Because you don't want to even think about that being your child. Because you're in that moment, you're so grateful that your beloved transport of your DNA your tomorrow is still alive. Why, why do we forget that? See, yes, you're right, man. Gratitude is a big part of critical thinking. An objective analysis of the situation. What is the situation? I'm fucking alive and I'm well. And the people I love are with me. That's my objective analysis of the situation. So I have concerns, inferences of the future, but I have right now that I'm grateful for, the future is a, I can't be grateful for something I don't have. You can't have gratitude for something you don't fucking have. But you can have gratitude, objective gratitude for what you have. And what you don't have is tomorrow, yesterday, next month, and what the Kofifi may take, what you might get that you will lose in the future from the Kofifi. You know, at, at that critical thinking skill tool, um, you know, means that you love old cars, and my friends sometimes ask me why I drive my old car, and I tell them that it is a practice in, in meditation and to help my thinking skills, because when I'm underneath a 3,000 pound car changing the oil you know a squirrel could come in you know kick the stand and I'm dead and so I have to focus on the task that I'm doing and I can't think of if the car will drop or if the squirrel is there I have to focus on that mm -hmm. task and yeah it's an old car and it smells like gasoline and I love it but uh, it's the price I pay to re reinforce my critical thinking uh, muscle Constantly, and we have now we have smartphones and smart gadgets and smart TVs. And why do they call them smart? I don't know because but you're dumb. 
Exactly. And dumb, smart, and dumb are relative. So when, when so your dumb ass needs something smart with you to keep the harmony of life, that's a damn shame. And, and so why work on critical thinking skills when you have tools that are smart? Why think? Why even think? We have smart things. We have smart thinkers. Let's rely on them. Let's just go numb and become like Wally, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is a creepy movie. Funny movie, but creepy because we see how close we are to Wally. Not think, don't do anything, push some buttons, we get it. We're, we're inundated with thousands of pounds of cardboard in each individual home from Amazon. And we say, but we're green. You're green? You're wasting so much packaging? Just go out to the store. Buy what you need. But we're, we're not, we're not well, smart. Again, David, you know, you're, you're, you're hitting it because in critical thinking, what do you need? What, the different, again, objective. What do you need? And what do you want? Those are two different things. What you need and what you want are two different things. If this thing continues on and municipality shut up, you're going to need water. You may want a thousand rolls of toilet paper, but you're going to need water because the human body is mostly water. And we can live longer without food than without water. And with your anxiety, you can live longer without water than without sleep. So you're going to need sleep. And you're going to need water. And you're not going to get any of those unless you're a critical thinker. Yeah, I think this is interesting because it's different than the way a lot of people conceive critical thinking. I think we've substituted for critical thinking an exercise where we ingest narratives that people feed us, to your point, David. And we're very good at repeating those narratives. We're very good at supplying the logic for those narratives. But number one, we're not questioning those narratives. And number two, we're not thinking in a way that has productive value in terms of, is it going to help me make better decisions for my life? And that's really what we're getting at. Can we do a better job navigating life through that awareness, through that discernment, instead of just absorbing what everyone else is telling us? And let's shift in that direction. This has been a pretty wide-ranging discussion. If we now hone in on the critical thinking piece, we've talked about some of the preconditions for critical thinking. We're talking to people who want to put aside their anxiety, want to be able to move through life more effectively, more independently. What are some of the tools and exercises we can give them to build those critical thinking muscles? Vin, you said two things, awareness and decision-making. <clears throat> One of the tools, uh, David mentioned earlier how you know, not a lot of people play jigsaw puzzles. I would suggest uh, get a jigsaw puzzle or build a model of something, a model boat, a model car, um, a, a model anything, a model home. Just sit there and put the pieces together. It requires critical thinking to do that. There are these games now for children where you make things <clears throat> and it gives kids critical thinking skills. And I found, interesting enough, most adults can't put these things together uh, because we have lost that with the, the smart devices substituting that part of our brain. Um, so the exercises are consider objectively your situation what are you lacking and do a list of that 
what is it that I need that I'm lacking? And take a note of those things. Then, once you have that note, take those things and say, what are the necessary steps to acquire the things that I'm lacking? And then prioritize the, your efforts, just as an exercise. I can't do that exercise because there's nothing I want or need right now. But for those of you who are anxious, raked with fear, uncertainty, concern, sleepless, undermining your immune system, making yourself a petri dish of contagions, that will harm your loved ones, this is a good exercise for those people. Do your list. Do your critical thinking yantra. What is it that I need? And what is it that I want? Separating the need from want. Or even, what do I need and what do I desire? And giving clear definition of what that is. And then once you've done that exercise and you've come to a reasonable conclusion, then ask yourself about devotion. And then ask yourself about gratitude. What am I grateful for? And what am I devoted to? What am I grateful for? And what am I devoted to? And you will find in that that it's not a singular answer. That your devotion is similar to the orbits of planets. Because in our natural universe, humans are bound to the physics of our natural universe. Everything we know, it's like... Uh, Da Vinci's Vitruvian Man. Everything is built around the realities of the physics of our known universe. So devotion, the absorption in the, the God, is what devotion is. our universe, basically. So we have, we're devoted in, sincerely, but in various levels of intensity. The earth is devoted to the sun in order for there to have life existing. But the earth isn't the most important planet to the sun, nor is the, is the sun the only issue of the earth. So there's a constant interplay, a planetary interplay for life to exist in our known universe. We are the third rock from the sun. If we were the second planet from the sun, we'd be like Venus, dry, barren, and hot. If we were the fourth rock from the sun, we would be like Mars, cold, barren, and desolate. But each one of those planets and our moon has a role. Hell, the lunar orbit affects every female on Earth. The moon is always trying to take the water back from the earth, but it's only one twentieth of the earth. So we have the waves. 
So whenever the moon goes into perigee or apogee, it affects women's menstrual cycles because women have all that water moving around in them outside of the veins. So they'll have their, their lunar time. That's why you know, whenever you see the birth control pills, it has a picture of the moon or some shit on it. So half of our species, more than half of our species, are greatly influenced by the moon. And the other half are greatly influenced by that half. <laughs> so this is the world we live in. So devotion is like the planets. You have different, there are people you're really devoted to. So you're really devoted to your wife and the moons around her, which are the kids. Then you have a certain amount of devotion for your parents and siblings to various degrees. And they all have a push and pull with each other. And here you are in the self, so you're, you put yourself in the middle because the ego does that. You're the self, so you're, you're the center of everything. But you're not the fucking sun, right? So all of these things are pulling and tugging on you and they require a certain amount of your devotion, your attention. Then you have the outer planets that loop around every now and then cause disruption in the universe. Here comes fucking uh, Saturn and Jupiter. Here comes Z. Come around Jupiter, this big-ass planet pulling on your energy and influence and you shaking you apart, causing earthquakes. Then it goes back. So you have to have that devotion. You have to pay attention to that. So if we work on devotion and gratitude, we get through this less taxed less bruised, less battered, less scarred. See, one of the problems with the day we're going through, one of the many problems of the day, sorry, is because we lack gratitude, we'll be heavily tattooed by this. Like the person that yelled and screamed at me the other day, I will never be her friend again. I will withdraw my devotion to that person. It was cruel, it was mean-spirited, it was a tattoo. It was a scar. Every person that's yelled and screamed at a loved one, pissed on the altar of adoration, that won't go away. This thing will go away, but that won't go away. I'll never forget you bringing your ass in here with proctologist gloves into my fucking... <laughs> That'll always leave me a little suspicious. No, well, you're going to forget that as soon as you get the proctological exam. That's going to replace all thoughts of the blood. Yeah, well, well, you're right, you're right. I stand corrected. So, these things hurt because what they say is that, and, and, and it's ego to it, it says that I believe that I'm clean and you're dirty. That's what you're telling people. So I think about it being a warrior, having been through different types of challenges when people were really desperate and willing to steal food from their neighbor or push another person's into harm way to protect themselves. When you see the ugliest parts of humanity, I see the little glimmers of that in a person's character. You want everyone to suffer but you. And people say, well, that's just natural, just self-preservation. Well, if that was the case, the sun would just suck the earth up and burn it up as fuel. The sun doesn't do that because to preserve the sun, you know, the earth has to exist. 
It sucks all this fucking little orbits up, all the little planets orbit, it becomes a red dwarf and dies. Has no purpose. Fine balance. Fine balance. We should never abandon our humanity. We benefit from living off the land. Look after people who look after you. In time where there's little bread, remember, you don't have to gobble it all up. You could share with everybody. We can all starve a little bit together. We can all extend our lives a little more because I might need you at the end of that day. The most unlikely people will become your allies in tragedy. And the most likely people, the most unlikely people will betray you in a crisis. Critical thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a different idea around thinking. I think it's much more around some of the things we talked about earlier. Just presence. Being aware of what's happening right now. That's something important. You talked about devotion, which implies some prioritization, knowing where you're going to focus your energy, your attention. And frankly, you don't always have to have all the answers. I mean, some critical thinking could just be filtering things out. That's right. You look around and you say, guess what? I'm not infected. No one I know is infected. I can move around. I'm not sick. My chest isn't constricting. I'm not seeing waves of people dropping dead. I'm going to opt out of this. I'm going to spend my time and energy on something else. You know, there, there are things that people could do, uh, critical thinking. Many of us know clinicians, um, hospital workers. They have the basic rhinovirus swab that detects the basic strains of flus. It is available. If you're really that concerned, you swab the nose. Because right at the tip of the nose is where the most virulent of bacteria and viruses live. Swab it and wait, it'll show you. They have that kit available. If that's something you're interested in, if you need that kind of information. But more than anything, is that critical thinking, look at what it's made you become. It doesn't, it's not making you anything new, but that's already in you. The people that will come to the aid of another will always be They've been practicing that a long time. If you're anxious and you're imploding and everything you do is, is a centripetal energy, in, 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 me, 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 it gets worse for you. It gets worse for those people. They're already fearful, anxious, selfish. It just amplifies what they are. This, too, will amplify what we are. Look, we're doing the same thing we do every day, but not ignorantly. We've taken our awareness and applied it. It's quiet around here. There's not that many folks. Hasn't disrupted our life at all. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the key. I would say, I would just implore people to step away from the panic, the headlines. So much of this is the environment we create. If we're always surrounded by the news cycle, by the Instagram feeds, if we're talking to people who are also freaking out, that's the mindset that we're going to pick up. 
but we just have to step away from it. It's not good for our health. It's not good for our decision making. It doesn't serve anyone except people who are looking to take advantage of the crisis for personal gain. Critical thinking. Does worrying about Kofifi elevate the level of your anxiety? And does high anxiety undermine your immune system? Do the math. Yeah, get back to basics. Look around, trust your senses. See what's going on right now. Ask whether you're in danger. Make an assessment. Should you wash your hands after you take a shit? Anyway. Should you stay at home if you're vomiting, dripping snot, having projectile vomiting and diarrhea? You probably shouldn't go to work. Critical thinking. All right, David, any final comments? Um, yeah, I, I'd say it's it's a it's a it's been a lost art for maybe a couple of decades, and maybe this might be the the impetus for us to hunker down, work on things that could help us uh, survive another zombie apocalypse if it ever does happen again, and it probably will. So we should plan for that, you know, hope plan for plan for the worst, hope for the best, and most people have not planned for the worst for many decades. And that's probably why we're so weak and soft and maybe that's why we're getting sick because we've turned ourselves into sicklings. Well, planning requires critical thinking. Yes. So work on critical <laughs> thinking tools. Go fix your faucet. Go look how the plumbing of your house works. Those things will let your mind understand what reality is. Reality isn't your phone. Reality is the plumbing that's allowing you not to basically live in your own filth. Understand why that works. If you understand why that works, you'll be a little more grateful about life. You'll be grateful about the person who is picking up your trash instead of just looking down upon them and thinking, well, they just pick up trash. I'm, I'm a so-and-so professional. Well, that person is doing you a service and society a service. You should be grateful for them. Don't look down upon them. As David's talking, I'm thinking of a critical thinking exercise for all of us. As a critical thinking exercise, assume that the infrastructures around you no longer exist or have shut down. What are the things that you cannot do on your own that allow you to live for a day, for a week, for a month? What are the skills, abilities, and resources you would need if no one came to help you. Do a list of those things and figure it out. If you recall, some years ago, there was a brownout or blackout on the eastern seaboard. Many people died because they didn't know how to turn off their gas in their house. They didn't know how to get off elevators. Did not know how to change a car tire did not know how to get basic resources. There were those who were dependent on certain types of medications and didn't know the alternatives that they could use to get them through a crisis. There was a large number of people who suffered from various types of anxiety-based seizures who people were jumping on them and trying to rip their tongues out of their mouth so they couldn't swallow their tongue 
not knowing that that is not the first aid for a seizure. This really happened. So as an exercise in critical thinking, take five minutes and do an objective assessment of things you need other people to do for you, for you to live your life every day. Do you have candles in your home? You don't have to go get them. I'm not saying do anything. But as a critical thinking exercise, do a list of things that you need that require the intervention of others in your life. If you don't think you need the garbage man, picture the garbage strikes of the 60s and 70s and the mayhem that that created when the rats found out that there was a lot of food on the street. If you don't think you need your DWP guy and your water shuts off, did you know there's still water in the line It's just not being pumped? Can you siphon it? Do you know somebody that can? And if you can't do these things yourself, who do you know that you have a healthy, gracious, and devoted relationship with that could help you do those things? Critical thinking. Then you'll get a real clear picture of human commerce. Who do you know that could fill in for what you don't know? Critical thinking exercise. All right, good. We've all got our homework, so let's go to it. Let's reject the narratives. I think the tendency we have to absorb whatever the panic is of the day, the fears of the day, it's killing us. So step back from that, do your own assessment, connect with what's actually going on, and ultimately make your own decisions. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Every five-star review allows us to share more unique and insightful content. Learn more at thedispassionateobserver.com. Thanks for listening, and please tune in again next week. Peace.